Welcome to the Signature Grow the Game podcast. I'm your host, Dan Soviero, and today we're going to dive into the world of youth sports and speak with leaders who are making an impact in their communities. From coaches to program directors and beyond, we'll explore the latest trends, issues, and solutions in the world of youth sports. But before we get started, we'd like to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Signature Athletics. Their game-changing team swag stores are designed to make youth and travel sports programs feel like the big leagues. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. All right, welcome to the Grow the Game podcast. I'm your host, Dan Soviero, and today I've got an incredible guest, Adam Stockstill. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you. Good. We're pumped to have you. So Adam is uh, the director of Bowie Youth and High School Lacrosse, a husband, a father, a youth director, a high school assistant coach, uh, one of the founding members of Bowie Youth Lacrosse, Youth and High School Lacrosse. And then after being away from the game for about 20 years, your son got you to come running back? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so glad he decided to uh, to start playing lacrosse. It was uh Something special that both of us can share. Haven't we're having a, a blast right now? That's awesome. Yeah. And for those of you listening, um, Adam's got on the uh the Bowie hat. He's got the Bowie hat on the uh desk behind him. He's got the signature stick in the corner. He is just all set up and ready to rock. So we're pumped to get this started. So, Adam, what was the sport you grew up playing and and how did you kind of end up falling into uh the whole lacrosse world? Um, I didn't grow up playing any organized sports, but I, we played a lot of sports and it was all like street ball. We played basketball, football, soccer, um, tag, whatever. We just, uh, all the kids in the neighborhood, we were outside every day competing, uh, and trying to one up each other. And that's kind of, it developed into that, um, there weren't a whole lot of youth options, uh, when I was growing up where I grew up. So, Where'd you grow up? Did, uh, South Austin. I grew up in Austin, Texas. Okay. Um, so I've been here my whole life. Um, traveled the country, been around the world, but I love Austin, Texas. So we call this home. That's great. Yeah. Um, football's forever. What, what's the Texas football quote? Uh, there's a ton of, um, there's a ton of Texas fight. I'm, I'm a Longhorns fan. So uh, we, we grew up with Texas fight. That's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of an overlooked thing nowadays, um, but the importance of just backyard fun, just like pick up basketball, pick up touch football, tag, whatever it is, you end up developing so much more athleticism when your body's moving in different ways, your mind's thinking about, how, well, how do you win this game? It's a different strategy than a different game. So I think it really helps create what you you nailed it, like that competitive nature and that's just such a valuable skill um, for Absolutely. people. Yeah, and you get you get to be creative. Uh, you get to develop instincts. You know, uh, when we were kids, we wanted to be Troy Aikman or Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got to do things out there in those games that your coaches might not necessarily want you trying and practice your games. So absolutely, yeah. And uh, most people listening probably know I've coached for the last fifteen years, and one of my uh, one of my best quotes I think I've used it all 15 years, um, you can shoot the, you can shoot behind the back as long as you score. 
That's it. As soon as you that's don't it. score, that's a problem. So, um, yeah. It's crazy yeah. that's a skill set now. Like, uh, kids actively practice that. Uh, back when I played in high school, a uh, coach would yank you off the field. If you tried yeah. any of that stuff, uh, they they called that hot dog and are showing off. And and now it's a, it's a, it's a practice skill set. It's amazing how much this game has grown. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I think it – it's 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 the growth in the players and in the quality of of the skill that they're able to learn but that really comes from the coaches before them that played that developed skill and then got a little bit better and then kind of elevated the game to the next level and the next level and now yeah you throw it behind the back and it can be the best probability of scoring just depending on where you're at on the field and it increases your angle or whatever so um yeah it's pretty amazing how how the game grows so what got you, what ended up getting you involved in, in lacrosse? You played in, in high school? I uh, did, yes. Uh, I'm actually a founding member of my high school program. So in 1991-92, I was a sophomore in high school, a long time ago. Uh, I was headed to a football game, a local, you know, our, our high school football game, and I saw two kids uh, playing catch with lacrosse sticks out in the parking lot. And I kind of walked over there just to see what they were doing, got handed a flyer, basically said, meet us at the field on Monday. We're starting a lacrosse team. So wow. uh, Monday I showed up and me and 15, 16 other kids started that program uh, my sophomore year. None of us knew how to play. Uh, it was it was an experience, a lot of, a lot of growth, a lot of pain, uh, but we had the time of our lives and really uh, developed a kinship and brotherhood amongst the group of us. That's amazing. So it was at that time a club sport and you guys were were just starting to to build it. Right. It was in its infancy here in Texas. Um, there were a handful of teams already. The Westlakes, uh, Westwood had a team. Um, teams up in Dallas were, were competing, but there weren't it wasn't saturated at all. Um it's still a club sport in Texas. Uh, we're still funded by families and parents. It's uh, oh, wow. we get Not we get no money or no yeah. money from the state, from the districts, or from the wow. schools. Uh, private schools probably have a little bit different, but for public school teams, um, it's all self-funded. So we have to fundraise every year. Wow! So you grew up going to this high school, helped launch the program, and now fast forward you now have a, a son playing in the youth program, then you're building it up so that when he gets to high school, there's really a, a strong foundation. Correct. Uh, he met special. a friend at school in third grade that was playing lacrosse and told me he wanted to play immediately went out and bought two new sticks. Uh, we started catching and throwing. I started researching youth programs in the area. This was probably late March, early April, and the season was more than half done. I knew we weren't going to get in in time. Uh, so he and I worked on stick skills, you know, for the rest of the spring, summer, uh, got him in a couple of camps. Um, and then he started playing in fourth grade. I lasted about two, maybe three practices on the sidelines before I just <laughs> couldn't help myself and was like, hey, I'd love to help out. Is there anything I can do? A volunteer. Um, spent his fourth grade year just helping out the, the third and fourth grade coaches um, and then getting to know everybody in the, in the program. Uh, the following year, I got tapped to be the youth director. Uh, the the wow. previous youth director kind of saw it coming, so utilized that and, and took advantage of the situation. Uh, 
he saw he saw secession, which is he did. one of the hardest things in in being on the board of a of a youth program or a travel program. You you sign up for and usually they have like a one year or two year um, provision, but it always ends up. It's really until you see that next person who you could confidently hand off the torch to, and you know they're not going to drop it. They're not going to take it. To you got to find your replacement. You got to find yeah. your replacement. Uh, and the guy before me, he had been doing it for six years. Um, he did a great I, job. That's a year. Yeah, that's uh, it is. It is. But he and he had two kids come through the program, so that's yeah. kind of what we look for: those parents that that you can kind of tell are going to be here for a minute. So. Um, he definitely identified me. So it, it worked out. And I've, I've been having a blast ever since. Our numbers were low. Uh, we had not cultivated the youth as well as we should for, for some time. And uh, because the, the high school was having a lot of success, right? So when the high school is having success, you kind of focus on that and yeah. forget about how we got there. So exactly. Uh, I think you just nailed a really important point that everybody listening should really just understand because it happened i've seen it we've seen it happen across the country you you build a nice youth program you have good coaching the kids fall in love with the sport you have a a a u10 team that builds into a u12 u14 and these kids have been together for a while then they get to high school and all of a sudden the high school program goes from never winning a playoff game to being a contender and everybody's like oh wow like now let's focus on the high school but then you forget it all built from the youth and it takes four or five years of just consistent coaching and, and loving the kids and getting them to fall in love with the game and then have the, them having the passion to put in the work to actually get good. That's it. You, you've got to really build that pipeline and make sure it's sustainable. Um, we had a little under 50 players when I started as youth director. Um, and then through the efforts of all of my coaches, my boards, parents, uh, this is not a one-man show. This, this, this is a large group of people uh, that thankfully have listened to my vision and we've, we've been on a path and it's, awesome. it's working. It's really, really working. Uh, I'm, I'm super grateful for the, the team and parents and coaches that, that are in our program. Uh, could, this could not have been done without them. Uh, this year we're at 100 players, uh, right wow. at 100 players. Uh, it's, it's been a journey to get here, but we're finally at a point where we're creating sustainability. Uh, my high school experience awesome. wasn't great uh, because we were new. And yeah. one of my missions and goals was to make sure that these kids had a better experience than I did. Uh, and, but by, and, and I figured we could do that when we get a group of kids playing together four, five, six years uh, developing that chemistry and that brotherhood so that they just have that muscle memory. They know their personnel. Uh, his good habits and bad habits, their good habits and bad habits, and uh, and they can work together and have Absolutely. some successes on the field. Yeah, I uh, I resonate with your story a lot. Um, when I I picked up the sport in eighth grade, and our football coach uh, at the high school, it was a, a small private school. He threw um, sticks on the ground in the locker room after the football season and said, "You guys are all playing lacrosse." He had never played lacrosse. He had never coached lacrosse. His two kids had played up in New Jersey before they moved. So they pretty much coached the team and and we all ended up, it was, I remember the the number one drill. We probably did it for 45 minutes every practice. It was a variation of um, the Oklahoma football drill. He'd put a ball in the middle and then we'd all lay on our stomachs, get up and just 
charge each other as hard as we could. So I think uh, Texas and Florida have have been on a pretty similar timeline for for the growth of the areas, and it's it's pretty interesting to see the the correlations. It is. Um, it's it's really incredible. It's been here for a long time, right? Uh, this is the thirty first season of Bowie Lacrosse, right? Thirty one years, but um, we still haven't turn that corner in this state, in, in my opinion, like we're, I'm ready for the vision, right? I'm ready for, uh, Sanctioned see, yeah, I want to see lacrosse goals in as many yards as I see basketball goals. And I yeah. think when we get to that point, uh, we're going to be in a great spot. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Anecdotally. And I think this is a good segue. Um, the gentleman who invented basketball was a Canadian guy and he, he played lacrosse. So there's so much crossover between like the defense and the the offense and rotating and basketball and then in lacrosse. And it's pretty cool. The growth of basketball compared to the growth of lacrosse is pretty incredible. And when you look around the country and you see how many basketball courts there are and hoops there are, and the only thing people need to bring is a ball, it makes sense. So I think Rabel right now, Paul Rabel and the PLL, they're, they're working on an initiative to get goals all across the country. And I think having goals on fields, kids, all they need is a stick and the ball to come out and, and play. That's going to really help accelerate the adoption. Um, so one of the things I want to kind of segue to is this podcast is all about one to three big needle moving ideas that have helped you kind of grow the program. So I know when you took over, it was around like 40 players and now you guys are up to 100. What are the what are the secret sauces that you've kind of used to to be able to sustainably grow the program? Um, great question. Uh, there's been a few. We, we've tried a lot of things. Right. Uh, but there's definitely a few that we can identify as these work. Uh, first and foremost, a free stick. Uh, I've learned that you give a kid a free stick and you're going to get two players out of that. Um, because what has happened with us is we give a kid a stick, we teach him to catch and throw, uh, let him come shoot on a goal. He has a lot of fun, joins up. He's on the team coming to practice every week, having a blast. Next thing you know, he gets mom and dad to go out and get him his brand new own shiny stick, right? Some, some that's his, that's not a hand-me-down. Um, and he'll bring it back to me. He'll bring back the loaner and say, here you go, coach. And I'm like, nope, keep it give it to your best friend, give it to your next door neighbor, That's give it to awesome. the kid on your Pop Warner football team, teach him how to catch and throw. And within a week, we have another kid at practice. So uh, hands down, our best recruiting tool has been just a free stick. Uh, and we pick those, we get them donated from alumni, from players that outgrow them, from players that get new sticks. Hey, here's my old one. So yeah. we, we've got a good little pipeline of, of donations coming in for those. And it helps us uh, push those out to the other kids. That's that's awesome. That's yeah. just real quick touching on that. So um, we had a similar when we were growing the youth programs here in Tampa, we we came up with this concept and really we came up with it from from watching Girl Scouts and, and seeing the Boy Scout and Girl Scout cookie model. Kids selling to kids is a is a great way for kids to resonate with what what's being sold. So get involved in a sport or they want to be like their friend or whatever it is. So. I think you really just nailed it. Like just giving them the tools to be able to connect with a friend and get that friend involved and get them more excited about it. And now you got somebody that's vested in their friend having a good time when they come out. So you got a little player coach on your team. It's true. It's amazing. Uh, and 
and those kids, like you just said, those are our number two uh, best recruiting tool. Those dudes, they, you tell them to bring a friend to a game or, hey, who's, who's on, what other sports do you play? Do you play basketball, football, baseball, whatever? Bring one of your, bring one of your best friends on your team to your next game. And they're hooked. They want their, they will be at the next practice. They want to play. Uh, I think it's really hard to watch a lacrosse game and not fall in love with it or not want to play that sport. It's, it's yeah. magic. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, uh, it's one of those sports that just, it captivates you because there's so much creativity. Um, there's the physicality. Um, and then there's also the just raw skill and athleticism. It's fun, man. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, free stick, um, these kids bringing their friends. It's, it's really that simple telling kids to, to, Hey, bring a friend to a game day and, yeah. and they'll all bring a friend to a game that day and our numbers grow. Um, that's awesome. We started uh, another tool we're using is we're going into the elementary schools now. Uh, we go to the carnivals. We go to the fairs. We go to the PE classes. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to talk to these PE uh, teachers. Uh, they'll let us come in and teach a lesson, uh, a lacrosse lesson. And yeah. we'll spend uh, one day teaching them to catch, throw, scoop, and shoot. And then the next day we get them in three buys. Uh, we let them just that play. Is awesome. That uh, is and awesome. try not to coach, right? Just let them play at that point. Let them figure it out. Let them have fun. Uh, they have fun. They gas each other up. They talk trash to each other. Yeah. Uh, they cheer each other on. I mean, it is a lot of fun to watch these kids just organically get into a game. It's, it's, and then again, you go to an elementary school and do that. You're going to get a half dozen kids coming out the next time y'all have registration and we try to butt those up against each other to where we can go into an elementary school and then open registration right after that. That's or, um, you know, just have that to where we have a couple of events followed up by registration. Yeah, that that's really smart. We had, um, we had a, a guest on an earlier podcast, Maddie, and, uh, she was talking about a similar concept that they use a sticks in schools program and one of the cool things that that they came up with was um, a coupon. So like a ticket uh, that they could hand out to the kids and they could say, here's five coupons for a trial lacrosse day. And so they went from the the in the school to the trial lacrosse day to the registering for the program. So it was a cool kind of stepping stone. And similarly, they did that. Um, the first PE class was all about fun. It was just let's do a relay races who can throw the ball the farthest like any and then the last 20 minutes of it is three by and just the kids getting after it and having fun um and then the the trial lacrosse day was very similar format but more of the three by three so the kids got a little bit more into it and then they're ready to jump right into the spring season and and or the summer or fall season now um so it was pretty cool um, I think that's a that's a concept that works in a lot of different markets and and probably in a lot of different sports too. It, it is, we're, and we're having a lot of success with that, especially at the fifth and sixth grade level. Um, in Texas, anyway, sixth graders don't they're in middle school, but they don't play middle school sports yet, so they're not playing football and basketball. Mm -hmm. So they're they're looking for a sport to play, and that's that's when we can swoop in and and grab them. Uh, which is a lot of fun. They've, they've been usually playing soccer or Pop Warner or baseball up to that point. 
Uh, they're ready for school sports, just can't get in them till seventh grade. So we absolutely take advantage of that. That's very cool. Very cool. And that's unique to Texas, I, th- I think, because at least in Florida, I know uh, six, seven, eight, uh, you're, you're on the middle school teams. Um, but they, there isn't a lot of middle school sports. Um, it's very like traditional big four sports. So I think it's probably pretty similar in Texas. The, uh, one of the other things we have is our coaches. Um, our coaches are just fantastic. We have dads that coach. Um, we have a handful that have played, um, in college and, they really wrap their arms around their team. Um, they are great for recruiting. They'll host their own play days. Uh, we, we've just, we're really, wow. really blessed with, with our coaching staff right now and our parents. And, and ultimately, their parents at the end of the day, right? Their kids are out here playing, and they want to support their kids. Uh, and the best way they know how to do it is to, to train them and, and make sure they're having fun with their friends. So uh, super grateful for the coaching staff we have. Additionally, we utilize our senior captains and our alumni a lot. Um, our mm. senior captains, uh, we'll give them first and second grade. Uh, they can coach, coach a first and second grade team before high school oh. practice. And these kids absolutely love it. Um, yeah. They really look up to these high school players. You know, you have a 16, 17-year-old stud out there teaching these kids, uh, you know, the, the basics, yeah. the fundamentals. Uh, and they're having a blast. They don't want to listen to me, man. I'm over 40. Those yeah. kids don't want to listen to me at all. But you give them a high school senior and their eyes get big and they just they, they're like, yeah, they want to try hard and they want to play hard for those guys. So uh, we've been super uh, just fortunate to be able to get uh, our responsible senior captains uh, in front of these little ones and help and coach them up during the season. That's we have alumni that come back. Uh, we have alumni that come back every year to coach at summer camps. And we use seniors and alumni for our summer camps. And these kids are just having a blast because, hey, he played at RIT and he played at RPI and he played, you know, over yeah. here and over there. And, and it's just so cool for them to get this experience and, and rub shoulders and talk to these guys, get advice, whether they're first graders, eighth graders. They're all gaining knowledge uh, from these yeah. kids that have played it. And the buy-in's there because these alumni have been where those young ones are, right? They've, they've gone like through you. the system. Just yeah, like they've you. Come, yeah. They've come through the system. So um, I'm, a, I'm a big alumni guy. Everybody yeah. around here knows that. And, and I just, I think they're one of the best resources we have uh, for our program as a whole. That's amazing. So I, I think one of the one of the tougher things in, in being a director is activating those volunteers and activating those alumni. How do you kind of get you were saying like these coaches, these parent coaches will do their own tri lacrosse days and get more kids involved and the alumni are back in the program. How do you activate all these people around the, the community? Man, you just talk to them. Uh, you just you just talk to them, you tell them how excited you are about the program and that gets them excited. Uh, luckily, we, we have folks here that love lacrosse. I mean, they love the sport. So they want to see the game grow. They want to see successes in our program and they want to see their kids succeed, right? Um, or if it's an alumni, they want to see their little brother succeed or their friend's little brother succeed, right? They all know yeah. each other some way, somehow. So it's uh, we're we're a family I, and I know that's cliche, but but we are a family. We are a brotherhood and we're here to 
to help each other, to make sure everything's staying cultivated and growing and then uh, just pump up the next generation, right? Get them excited about it too, so that they can continue. And this, this stream just continues, the pipeline continues, and we, we constantly have growth moving to the high school. Uh, one of my missions was to make sure we have 10 to 15 freshmen every year. If we have 10 to 15 freshmen every year, we have sustainability. And everybody has kind of bought into that concept. Uh, coaches, parents, kids, yeah. alumni, and they understand that's what it's going to take uh, to make sure that we stay on the right trajectory. That's amazing. And I know you you just simplified it down to its its purest form, just having conversations, inspiring people. What I heard through that thread is something that um, you hear from a lot of like very successful CEOs and founders of companies. And it, it's really culture and having a clear mission that 10 to 15 players entering into the to the high school, such a clear focus. It's it's easy for people to grab onto and it's regurgitatable. They can repeat it. They know what they're trying to do. They can get other people aligned with it. And then having that culture that you've, that you've built, and it really always starts. It's a top-down thing. Leadership trickles down, I, I wholeheartedly believe. And it seems like what you've been able to cultivate is, is the same passion that you have for alumni and for the game and for just being a community member and building this, uh, this like fraternity-like culture within the sport. And uh, I think you guys are going to be wildly successful in the next couple of years. We're working hard, man. We're, we're absolutely working hard and we are, we're excited for the future. We're really excited for the future. Um, and not to say that we're not doing well now. We, we have uh, made some giant gains where we are now. We've, we've, our head coach and program director, uh, Coach James BP, he's a captain on uh, Team Peru, the Peruvian national team. So he's played oh, the world great. games. Yeah. Um, and he's, uh, he's really brought a progressive style based training to our program. Uh, that is paying off. We are seeing returns and dividends on this right now. Um, we're having tonight's actually senior night. Our seniors are getting ready for their last home game. Um, it's going to be pretty emotional, but they're, they are pumped. Uh, they're full of grit. They're ready to get out there and fight. And uh, we're, we're excited about tonight. Uh, we're just, we're in a great spot, man. Um, our program's having a lot of fun right now. We're just, so glad to be here. Um, and nobody has more fun than me, man. I keep, I tell everybody that I, I, see the smile I, for everybody I feel listening. like I have my smile. hands in a lot of it, but I just love doing this so much. Uh, yeah. I'm absolutely spread, spread too thin, but, uh, I wouldn't give up anything right now. We're just, we're having a blast. Uh, it's the best thing I've ever done. That's awesome. Yeah. You, for everyone listening and not watching, um, you could just see the smile and just the radiation the whole time. It's it's I'm sure it comes through in your voice too for everybody listening. So uh, I think programs that that have that level of leadership are that's step one. You get that that level of leadership that you bring to the table, and um, you can really build around that. And the results take care of themselves if you just put one foot in front of the other every day. Just keep moving, man. Just keep yeah. moving. Yeah. So, Adam, where can people stay in touch, learn a little bit more about Bowie Youth and High School Lacrosse? Uh, we are on Instagram. We have Bowie Boys Lacrosse uh, on Instagram and Junior Bulldogs Lacrosse on Instagram, just JR. Uh, and then we have a Twitter. I'm not 100% sure how active our, our Bowie Twitter is. I'm pretty active. 
I am Adam from Austin one on Twitter. Um, and I post a lot of lacrosse content, um, you know, mostly stuff that I'm, I'm seeing from around our area, but, but also stuff nationally uh, real quick. I want to touch on that too. One of the best tools I had when I got here was program directors from other programs. I reached out to Jordan Regary at Austin High. I reached out Dang. to Bill Caffaretta at Dripping Springs. Uh, I've been so fortunate enough to have these coaches at other programs help me and teach me and show me what they did. Uh, because really, I looked around at the successful programs and went and picked their brain. Um, and luckily, we have this camaraderie amongst coaches around here that they're an open book. They're not going to yeah. you know, hold these secrets because they understand that a competitive buoy is good for Austin high. A competitive yep. buoy is good for Westlake. You know, the it's good for the Texas lacrosse. Yeah. If we can all grow and become competitive, we're all going to start pushing each other that much more. And we're going to all have premier programs. And so, um, Really, one of the best tools I've had is program directors from other schools. Reach out to them. Just talk to them. They, how, yeah, it's amazing yeah, they, how far it can go. Two or three sentences. They may have one or two ideas that are really going to help you. I'm not going to do everything they're doing. doesn't always work for me. Uh, but learning how to just reach out to these other coaches and directors yeah. has really paid off. Absolutely. And that's that's really the essence of the this podcast and why I really wanted to get it started is uh, there's so much value in the people who have gone through it and who have already bumped their head against the wall a thousand times and they have the scars and they can save the the other programs from going through a lot of the the same simple mistakes that if you've never done it before, you're naturally going to make them, you know? So that's it. Uh, we're lucky to have a great community of people around us and um, people who are willing to share and be vulnerable. And um, it's amazing how far it can go and, when you have great leadership, I think that's really what uh, growing the game is all about. Yeah. And camaraderie, you know, yeah. uh, we're, we're all here for the same reason. Uh, well, there, we compete, there's competition on the field, but then there's camaraderie off the field and it's really what makes it work well around here. Beautiful. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate having you on the podcast. And, thank you, Dan. Uh, I really enjoyed being here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to the Signature Grow the Game podcast. We hope you found our conversation with our guest insightful and thought-provoking. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And of course, a big thanks to our title sponsor, Signature Athletics, for their continued support of this podcast and their dedication to making youth sports programs feel like the big leagues. Be sure to check out their game-changing Team Swag stores to elevate your program's look and feel. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Signature Grow the Game podcast.